Today's year in Yerushalmi Sanhedrin is dedicated to the memory of Pesach Gershon ben Yisrael Fish Oliver Shalom and for a Rafu Shalema for Yosef Yisrael ben Zelda Besoch Shar Choli Yisrael. We are beginning in the Ozva Hutter edition with the Mishnah Halacha Dalid on Daf Yudalid Amid Aleph near the top of the Amid. In the Vilner edition, it is on Daf Yud Amid Beis. Begins the Mishnah. When the Kohen Gadol is Menachem other people, so So the people who are being Menachem, the Avelim are sitting in front of the Menachemim, and the Enklal Yisrael, whoever is being Menachem, the Avelim pass in front of the Avelim. This is the Skan Kohen, the assistant Kohen Gadol, who has three functions. Number one, he's always to the right of the Kohen Gadol. This is a cover to the Kohen Gadol. Secondly, he conveys the instructions of the Kohen Gadol to the other Kohanim. And third, he serves as a substitute on Yom Kippur if the Kohen Gadol has a psul and he cannot do the avoida. The one to do it is the Mimuna, the one who is appointed and who has another name, which is called Skan Kohen Gadol, the assistant to the Kohen Gadol. So here, where everyone is being Menachem, the Avelim, the Om is going in front of the Avelim, and the Kohen Gadol is in the middle. How is the Kohen Gadol in the middle? Because of the Skan Kohen Gadol, who's always to the right of the Kohen Gadol, by him being to the right, it comes out that the Kohen Gadol is in the middle. So in other words, you have the Om passing in front of the Avelim, then you have the Kohen Gadol, and then you have the Skan, the Memunah, to the right of the Kohen Gadol, causing the Kohen Gadol to be in the middle. When the Kohen Gadol is an Oval, and other people are being Menachem him, so call Ha'om Oimrim Loi, Everyone says to the Kohen Gadol, Ani Kaparasai. I am the Kapara of the Kohen Gadol. In other words, whatever should have happened to the Kohen Gadol, any punishment that the Kohen Gadol should get, should happen to me. The Girsa of the Korban Eida and the Pnei Moish, and it's also found in Ois Dalit in the Shini Nishois, is not Ani Kaparasai, but Onu Kaparasecha. We are your Kapara. He says to them, You should be blessed from Hashem in Shemayim, which the Pnei Moshe explains. You want any Pranius that I should get to go to you. I am being mispalled that you should be blessed from heaven and you should not get any Pranius. When they make the Sudas Havro with the Kohen Gadol, the um, Halacha is that the first meal that an oval eats cannot be his, from his own food, but it has to be supplied by his family and his friends. So when the people are serving the Sudas of Ra to the Kohen Gadol, the first meal, after he became an oval, so everyone is sitting on the ground. As the Corbinade explains, hey they are feeling the Tsar and the Avelis of the Kohen Gadol. The who and the Kohen Gadol himself, Mesib al He is lying, as they used to eat Mesubin. And what is he lying on? He's lying on 
a safso, a bench, which the Korbanaida says, Shehu Kisei Katan, right before the Gemara in the right hand column, the Korbanaida ends off his Pirush on the Mishnah, Shehu Kisei Katan. This safso is a small chair, and it's also known as a bench. On this, Part of the mission of the Gemara comments, Ugeshu Menachem Esacherim Vechulu, etc., and it's going on the last words of our Mishnah. Hado Amra, what the Mishnah is teaching us, Safsul Ein Boy Mishum Kviyasamita. The Bavli and Moed Katan of Tezvavah Meralef tells us that an Oval is Chayiv in Kviyasamita. He has to overturn his bed. So, from this Mishnah, we learn that there's no din of kviya on this small chair, this bench. Because it says, v'hu But another thing that we learned from this Mishnah is that koyen gadol chayiv b'kviya that the koyen gadol himself is chayiv in turning over the bed. What's the proof from the Mishnah? Because if the koyen gadol was not chayiv in kviya then the Mishnah should have said, v'hu meisiv ala safsol v'ala mita, that he doesn't overturn the safsol, and he doesn't overturn the mita. He's not chayv in kviyasamita. So since the Mishnah didn't say that, we learn out one thing that the Kohen Gol is chayv in kviyasamita. Normally. He's just not chayv by a safsol. So we learn out a second halacha that there's no din of kviyasamita by a safsol. And this would uh, refer to anyone, not only the Kohen Gadol, that even a uh, someone who's chayiv in kviyas hamitu, who's not the kohen gadol, he's only chayiv in kviyas hamitu, he's not chayiv in turning over the safsol. Continues the Gemara, uh, since we learned in the Mishnah, the Indian of Shura, of the people and the kohen gadol and the skan kohen gadol passing in front of the Avelim, so the Gemara here is going to speak about various things that we do after the Levayah, and specifically at the end of the sugya, we will speak about different menhagim concerning the Shura. Tani, a brisa taught, we don't make a Levayah, we don't take out the deceased when it is near the Zman of Kriyashma. We do not want to cause a conflict between the Leviah, the Hespedim, and Kriyashma. What is the time of Kriyashma? So the earliest time is right after Alos, right after dawn, as the Gemorim Brachas of Testament base tells us, Mishiyira Eschavera Rachak Dalet Amis, or this is also called Mishiyakir, when he's able to recognize his friend at four Amis away from him. There's so much light that he's able to tell his friend. That's the earliest that one can say Krishma. What's the latest? Until the end of three hours. What's the best? Right before Neitzachama, right before sunrise. So we only make a Levaya that it shouldn't conflict with Krishma, with this man Krishma. Elim Kain Higdimu Shoachas. Unless they made the Levaya sometime earlier than Zman Krishma so that they would be able to end the Levaya before Zman Krishma, so there's no conflict, or they would first 
say Kriyashma, if the time of Kriyashma came, if they didn't make the Levaya before Zman Kriyashma, and then after Kriyashma and Shmaina Esrei, they would have the Levaya. That's the Pshat Oy Ich They made the Levaya after Zman Kriyashma. Kidei Sheyikruvi Svalo, so that they would have time to say Kriyashma and Davin, and in this way there would not be a conflict between Kriyashma and the Levaya and Esvedim. Continues the Gemara. Vahatanina, we learned in the mission in Baruchas, cover us a mace, if they buried the deceased and they returned and they're going from the place of the Levaya to the place of the Shura of the line where they're Menachem, the Avelim. So the Korbana in the first wide line brings the conclusion of the Mishnah in Brachas, cover us a mace, if they can begin Kriyashman, end it before they reach the Shura. Yaschilu, they should begin Kriyashman and say it. But if they estimate that they will not be able to finish Kriyashma before reaching the Shura, lo yashilu, they should not begin Kriyashma. Hare, continues the Korban Eida, hoitziyu kaitim Kriyashma bizman she'efshir shloyichu likrois. You told me that they should not make a conflict between the Levaya and Kriyashma. They have to be magdim shoachas. They have to make the Levaya so that they end it before Zman Kriyashma. And here we see that if they're not able to finish Kriyashma until they get to the Shura, they should not say it. So we see here that they brought him out at a time when it could be a conflict between the Levaya and saying Kriyashma. So it's a steer to what we said before, that you have to be magdim shoachas or meachar shoachas. Now, the Meforshim ask a question. It says if they do have enough time, they should say it and then go to the Shura. It's mashma that they're saying it while they're walking from the Leviathan to the Shura. But we know there's a din, that you're not allowed to say Kriyashma when you're walking. So the Bir Halach in Simen Ein Beis, Siftal Adivri HaMasel V'chol, says that the first pasuk of Kriyashma should be said standing, at least the first pasuk. If he has more time, he should say the first parsha of Kriyashma standing. However, the Orach HaShulchan disagrees. And he says, always the Allah is that one does not say Kriyashma when he's walking. However, here where there's an Indian of Nechama Velem, we give him a special dispensation that he's allowed to say Kriyashma while he's walking so that he quickly gets to the Shura to be Menachem, the Avelim. Now, why is the Din that if he doesn't have enough time to finish, he should not begin Kriyashma? So we see that the Shura takes precedence over saying Kriyashma. So the Rabbeinu Yoyin explains, because the Shura is an act of Nichem Avelim. Nichem Avelim is a mitzvah derives of Gemilis Chasadim. So if he's in the middle of Gemilis Chasadim, of that mitzvah, we have a rule, Oisik B'mitzvah, Patr mitzvah. If you're busy with one mitzvah, you're Patr from the other mitzvah. So therefore, if he's busy with the Shura, with Nichem Avelim, 
he's potter from Kriyashma if he's unable to begin and end it before he gets to the Shura. But getting back to the stira in the Gemara here, the stira is that in one place we see that one should not make a conflict between Kriyashma and the Inyanim of the Oval. And in the other place we see that they brought the mace out at a time where a conflict could arise. Why were they not Magdim Shoachas before Zman Kriyashma? So the more answers, Tifter, you'll have to explain the Mishnah. In Brachas, the people who went to the Levi thought that there would be enough time to begin and end the Levi before Zman Kriyashma. The less Ba'ana, but they were mistaken. There was no time. There was a conflict. They didn't end the Levaya until it was already Zman Krishma. Perhaps the Maspidim were Maspid too long, and the Levaya ended late, and that's why there was a conflict. And therefore, the Allah is, it depends if you can finish Krishma until you get to the Shura, you should do that. But if you can't finish, you do not say Kriyashma, but that's how the conflict came. It was based on a mistake. Tani, a taught us, and here the Meforshim are not Goyrus the first hey, and it stands for Hasapod, or as the Pnei Moshe brings down, a Toisefta, where the word is hasofe, the one who's making the hespid, the cholo hespid, and all the people who are busy with the hespid, So if it comes as man kriyishma, they stop, they say kriyishma. However, they do not do so for shman esrei. What's the difference between kriyishma and shman esrei? There are two pshatim in the meforshim, either because kriyishma is a short tefillah, and it doesn't need so much kavana. And tefillah, Shwan Esri, is a long tefillah, and it needs more kavana, more concentration. So they were only mafsik for the one that is shorter, that needs less kavana. Or the uh, beer of Rukhaim Knevsky Shlita says that uh, Krishma is the raisa, so they're mafsik for Krishma, and tefillah is only the rabbanan, so they're not mafsik for tefillah. Then the Gemara says, My Sahaya, there was an incident that happened. We have Siku Rabbasenu Lakrishma And our rabbis were Mafsik, they stopped the Hespid for Krishma and for Tvila. And the Pshat is that the Rabbasenu are arguing on the Tanakama. The Tanakama says you're only Mafsik for Krishma and not for Tvila. And the Rabbasenu felt that the Allah is that you're Mafsik for both Krishma and Shmoin Asrei. The problem is, here we see that both Shittas, Tanakam and Rabbi Seinu, hold that you're mafsik for Krishma. So if there's a conflict between Krishma and Hesped, you're mafsik for Krishma. Krishma trumps the Hesped. and we learned in the previously mentioned Mishnah, the opposite. If they can begin and end Krishma before coming to the Shura, they're supposed to do that. But if they can't finish before they get to the Shura, then they should go to the Shura without saying Kriyashma. So we see for the Inyanim of Nicham Avelim, the Shura, 
comes before Kriyashma, and here you tell me if he's in the middle of the Hespid, he should be mafsik for Kriyashma. The Gemara answers, Masnita, the Mishnah Brachis, that's being about Biyoim Rishon, the first day of the Avelis, where the Tsar, the pain of the Avel is very acute. So over there, the halacha is that if there's a conflict and he's not able to finish Shema before he reaches the Shura, so the din is that he has to go to the Shura and not say Krishma, however, Madatani, that which we learned in the Brisa, that Mafsikin for Krishma, that's being about Biyam Shemi, that's being about on the second day or further until the end of Shiva. So there became the time to say Krishma in the middle of the Hespid, there in the Hanami, you should say Krishma and be Mafsik in the Hespid. Continues the Gemara, Amr of Shmulbar of Duma, Rashmulbar of Duma said, Zeshi Nicholas Leknesses, or others are Gorus Lebeis Leknesses, someone comes into Shul, and he sees that they are davening Shmuel Esri. So, since we spoke about in the last Gemara where a person has to estimate, will he finish Krishma before he reaches the Shura? Here, the Gemara is speaking about another situation where he has to estimate whether he will finish something before an allotted time. So he comes in, he finds them davening Shmuel Nasseri. So the din is as follows. If he estimates that he will be able to, if he starts his personal Shmuel Nasseri, he will be able to complete it before the Shliach Tzibur reaches a certain bracha. And then he'll be able to answer Amen on that Baracha, Yispal. So then he should begin his personal Shmuel Esrei. The Imlav, but if he estimates that he won't be able to complete his Shmuel Esrei before the Shliach Sibra says that Baracha, and we'll soon see what that Baracha is. So the din is that Al Yispal, then he should not dove it. What should he do? He should wait till the Shliach Tzibur reaches that bracha, and he'll say Amen, and then he'll begin his personal Shmuel Esri. Be'ezo Amen Amru, which Amen, on which bracha were they speaking about? Train Amaroid. So we have what seems to be a machloikis between two Amaroid. Chad Amr Shalakelakotish. One says that he has to be able to finish his Shmuel Esri before the Shliach Tzibur reaches Hakela Kaddish, and he'll say Amen on that bracha. V'chad Amar, and one of the Marim says, Shoshamei Atvila, that he has to be able to finish his Shmuel Esri before the Shliach Tzibur reaches Shemei Atvila, and he will answer Amen on that bracha. Amar Rapinches, the light pligets, Rapinches said, there's really no machloikis between the Mandi Amar who said Akela Kaddish and the Mandi Amar who said Shemei Atvila. Mandi Marba Amen Shal Akela Kaddish B'Shabbos. The one who says he has to finish his personal Shemei Atvila before the Shliach Sibir reaches the Baruch of Akela Kaddish. So he can answer Amen on that Baruch that's speaking about B'Shabbos where there is no Shemei Atvila. These are both very chash of the brachas. But on Shabbos, we don't say Shemei Atvila. So then the criterion is Hakel HaKadosh, Man Demark Bishemei The one who says that he has to finish Yishwan Esri before Shemei Atvila, Bechoyal, that's speaking about Bechoyal. 
it means if there's no machloikis that bechol he has to be able to finish the shmanesri before kela kaddish and before shmeitzula. Now the obvious question is if he finishes before kela kaddish, then he certainly finished before shmeitzula, which is much later in shmanesri. So the mefarshim explained that it means as follows: We mentioned before that if he estimates that he will not have enough time to finish up to Akela Kaddish, so what should he do? He should wait till the Shliach Tzibur gets up to Akela Kaddish. He should answer Amen, and then he's able to begin his own personal Shemayin If he's able to finish before the Shliach Tzibur says Akela Kaddish, so then he could say his personal Shemayin before the Shliach Tzibur reaches that bracha. But if he can't finish his Shwan Esri before the Shlitzibur reaches the Kela Kaddish, then he should not start his personal Shwan Esri. He should wait till the Shlitzibur reaches a Kela Kaddish. He should say Amen, and then he should begin his own personal Shwan Esri. That's Peshabbos. But in the weekday, it's not enough that he waits if he's not able to finish by Akela Kaddish. It's not enough that he waits until the end of Akela Kaddish. He has to wait until the end of Shemei Tfilah and then begin his own personal Shemei Esrei. So there's no Machloikis, and that's the Pshat, that Bechoyl, it's not enough just to wait till after Akela Kaddish. You have to wait until after Shemei Tfilah, and then you begin your, your personal Shemei Esrei if you're not able to finish before Hakela Kaddish. Continues the Gemara, Ratani, Abraisatat, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Hayukulan, Oimden, Bishura, and Samar Gorisi, Bishura, Achas, Mishum Kavit Chayav, and Mishum Oval Paturan. Let us look at the Korban 8 of the last two lines on the right column. This Nanahasim, he brings the full Mishnah. We learned there in a Mishnah in Brachas. Ha'oimdim b'shura, those who are standing in a row. Ha'chitzoyinim chayavim v'apnimim patur. This is speaking about their chayav or potter from Kriyishma. So they were standing in rows in front of the Avelim. The Avelim were passing by. And they were standing. In, so the din is, the ones who are on the outside, let's say the second, third, etc. rows, those are chayv in Kriyashma. Vapnimim, and the front row, which usually consisted of the friends and relatives of the nifter, hapnimim p'turim, those who are on the inside row, they're potter. And on this, Rabbi Yehuda makes his comment. The Amr Rabbi Yehuda, Hayukulon Oimdim Bishura Achas. Here we see the Korban Edis Goyris Achas. The Ainsham Chitzoynim. Let's say they were all standing in one row, and there are no Chitzoynim. So the din is, let's go back to the Gemara, the last line. Mishum Kavat Chayavim. If the people are coming there just as an honor to the Mace or to the Avelim, then they're Chayav and Krishma. Mishum Avel, but if they're coming because they are relatives and close friends of the mourners, then 
Peturin. Then they are part as we turn to Daf Yudalamid Bait Yordu. If they went down Lispoid for the Hespadim, and they would stand by the Hespadim as they did by the Shura in rows, and the Avalon would pass in front of them. Those who see on the inside are Potter. In other words, the front row that can see the eulogizer and the Avalon are Potter. And the Corbinator says, in the third, at the end of the third line, even those who only came as an honor to the mace and to the Avelim, they are potter if they're in the front row. She'en royim potter, continues the Gemara, and if they do not see the on the inside, in other words, the outside rows, they are chayav in Kriyashma. And now, the Gemara asks a From what we just learned, we saw that there are rows. And that means that these people were standing and the Avelim were going in the shore in front of the rows. But that's a steer with our mission. In our mission, it says, concerning the Karingadal, that the Om passed in front of the Avelim with the Karingadal and the Skan Karingadal. So it's a steer. Ask the Gemara of Adorat, which we learned in our Mishnah. When the others the people are right next to the Avelim and they go in front of the Avelim one after the other. And the Skan Koyengadol was always to the right side of the Koyengadol. He causes the Koyengadol to be in the middle between the Skan and the people. So it's a stira with the Mishnah Brachis that says that the people were standing in rows and it, the Avelim were passing in front of them. So the Gemara answers, Commissioner Roshayna explains the Karbonate, this is like the first Minig. And the original Minig was learnt in the first Mishnah. Now, what we have to understand in this upcoming Gemara is that there were really three phases. And at the end of the Gemara, we're going to learn why there were three phases. So the first phase was that the people stood and the Avelim passed in front of them. For some reason, as we'll see in the Gemara, this was changed, as we find in our Mishnah, that the Avelim stood in place and the Om passed in front of the Avelim. Then at the end, it went back, a third stage, back to the first stage, that the people stood in rows, and the Avelim passed in front of them. So Reb Chaim Kenievsky Shlita explains that when the Gemara says here, Commissioner Rishina, we're not speaking about the first original way the Minig was. We're speaking about the second stage, why is it called Commissioner Rishina, like the first Minig? It means compared to the third stage, the second stage is considered an earlier Minig and an earlier teaching of our Mishnah. So that was the second stage, which is considered compared to the third stage, the original Minig. 
and that which we learned that the inner row is part of from, from Kriyashma and the outer row is Chayiv that is Kemishna we learn like it's in the brackets Kemishna Chroina this is speaking about the third phase where the people were standing and the Avelim were passing in front of them so that's going like a later Menig and that's going like a later Mishnah that was taught based on the later minute. And now the Gemara is going to explain why there were these different phases. Amar now we're going back, we're referring to the original minute, the first stage. In the first stage, the people were standing in rows and the Avelim went in front of them. But what happened, as the Carbonate explains, Kinnam, there was jealousy which family would stand in the front row, who would get that honor. So Bitsipiran in the city of Tsipiran, Histon, Rabyaisi, Rabyaisi was Misakin, Shayum Shbachas Ivras, Vavelam Aimdim. That's the Mishnah Rishon, as our Gomorrah calls it, which is really the second phase. That's our Mishnah, that the Avelam were the ones who were standing. And the Om with the Kain Gadol and the Skan, they were passing in front of them. So, what did this accomplish? So, the Corbinator says, Mishpachas Oivris Birvuvia. Here already there was no set pattern. They randomly went in front of the Avelim. So, there was no jealousy, there was no Machloikis in this second phase, which we refer to as Mishnah Rishayna. Amarab Shmuel. So Shmuel said, the third stage went back to the first stage. And this is referred to as the Mishnah Chorina. This is the last minute where the Avelim passed in front of the Om. I, what happened to the jealousy? So again, the Carbonator says it was Birvivia. It was random. There was the they made sure that pe- people randomly went to the different rows. There was no more fights between one family and the other, which family would sit up in, in, in near the front. Since it was all done beer vuvia, in a, in a mix-up, in a random selection of who would stand where, so then there was no more jealousy. They went back to the original minic phase one, which was that the um stood, and the Avelim passed in front of them. Begins the next Mishnah. A Melech does not judge in a Bezdin, and we do not judge him. He does not testify, and we do not testify against him. This Machloik is showing him whether he just doesn't testify on money matters, or he doesn't testify also on things that pertain to an Isra prohibition. Continues the mission, uh, if his brother dies without children, he does not perform chalitza on the almana. If, if the king dies without children, his brother does not do chalitza to the king's wife. The melech does not do yibum if his brother died without children. And if he died without children, would not miyabim his wife. Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a Rabbi Yehuda says, If he wants to chalitzer yibim, he's remembered for good. He did a good thing. If he wants, we do not listen to him. 
as we'll see, that uh, this is a bizarre to the king, and we have a rule, if a king is mochel on his honor, he uh, says that he doesn't mind doing this, so his honor is not in a state of receiving mechila. Now, what is the reason why so we have many reasons in the Mephorshim. Let us begin with the Korbana Eda. In Divri Amasal, ain't Shoy where he brings down what we just said, the Melosh Machal, and now he explains the reason for these halachas. The G'nai Huloi Shiachlitz V'yorka B'fonav. The halacha by Chalitza is that the Almana of his brother spits towards him. This, of course, is not an honor for a king, and therefore um, the Chachamim hold Mel Shemachal And then he continues, this itself, that the king doesn't do chalitza, explains why he doesn't do yibim. V'chol abas chalitza, abas Since he can't do chalitza, chalitza and yibim are tied together, and whatever there's no yibim on, there's no chalitza. Whatever there's no chalitza on, there's no yibim. So this explains why he doesn't do chalitza with the Amman, he doesn't do yibim with the Amman. Another reason the Korbanet suggests why he doesn't do yibim, inami yibim g'nai hulai. Lokom al-shem The halacha is that when you do yibim, the child is considered your brother's child. That would be a g'nai for the king to be, so to speak, subservient to his brother by having his child called being associated with his deceased brother, and therefore he is not miyabim. Another reason which the run gives is that it's not the honor of a king that he should marry the wife of a common person, of his brother, who is not a king. As far as why he doesn't do chalitza, we already said uh, the carbon Eda because it's a bazillion. Uh, what about doing chalitza with his wife? So, so the Mephorshim explained that uh, since the halacha is, uh, as we learned in the Mishnah, uh, that a almana of a king is not allowed to get married to anyone else, the whole purpose of chalitza is that uh, she should now be free to marry someone else. Since she is not free to marry anybody else, therefore there's no purpose in giving her chalitza. Another reason that is given is that since we learned that you cannot do yibum with the king's almana, so therefore chalitza is not done either, because as we said, the rule, chalitza and yibum are tied together. And if you don't do yibum on her, then you don't do chalitza as well. Continues... The Mishnah. You do not marry the Alman of a king. As we just said, she's not allowed to marry anyone after her husband, the king, dies. Rabbi Yehuda, I mean, Rabbi Yehuda says there is one person who can marry the Alman of a king. The, the king can marry the Alman of the previous king. She came and seen with David, and we find this by David. That he married the Alman of Shal. It says in the Pasuk, David was told that he will be given the house of your master, Shal. 
and the wives of your master in your bosom. So we see here that David wound up marrying the Almanos of Shaul, and the Gemara will explain this in further detail. Begins the Gemara, Malach Loidon, Loidon and Isai. Ask the Gemara, Loidon, are you telling me that a king doesn't judge? Vaksib, we learned in the Pasuk, Vayehi David Isa Mishpadutstaka Lucholamoy, Vatimer Hachem. It says that David did justice and stuck it to his whole nation. The timer, Hachan, are you going to say that Lloyd Dunn, we see a Beferish Apostle, that David was done? Amr Mahata, you'll have to answer and say, Oyodon Hadin, he judged, but he had a unique type of judgment. Zika, Zakai, he said that the one who is the innocent party, to one who rightfully, let's say it was a money matter, the litigant whose case was the stronger case, and he won the money involved. So that's what David said, the chayev, the chayev. And the one who was guilty, he, David said, you have to pay. But what happens if the one who had to pay was a poor person, whatever the Ani had to give to the other person, so David would reimburse him. He did justice to the wealthier person, because he was the winner in this case, and then he did charity, he did kindness to the Ani. So that kind of a judgment, apparently a king could make, and that's what the Pasuk says about He David, I said, Mishparut Stoka. Rebbe, I'm a Rebbe, has a different shot. Anyone who says that the innocent one is innocent and the guilty one is guilty, so Hashem considers it as if he did Stoka with the Chayv. It's not that Stoka to the Yoni and the Mishpat to the Usher, but rather to the Usher himself, he did. Mishpat Utstaka, why? He took out the Xela. If he would have kept on to the other, to the um, one litigant's uh, claim, which was erroneous, he would be stealing from the other one. So by saying that you are guilty and you have to pay the other one, he, he made it at stuck. He did him a favor that he now gave up on what would have been stealing from the other person. Continues the Gemara, Veloidan and I saw we do not judge the king. Al shame, because the Pasuk says, Mufanecha, in front of you, Hashem, Mishpata Yetzeh, my Mishpah will come from you. I'm not judged by a regular boss of Adam, I'm judged by Hashem. Rabbi Yitzchuk Bashem Rabbi, Rabbi Yitzchuk said in the name of Rabbi, Hamelech Sibur, the king and the community, Nidon Mufanabacha Yom, are judged by Hashem every day. Shenemar, the Pasuk says, La says Mishpat Avdoi, Hashem does the Mishpat of his servant, the Mishpat Am Yisrael, and the justice of the Bnei Yisrael, Varyon Biyonma, each and every day. So we see that a uh, king and his sibra are judged each day. Rabbi Yudin, Rabbi Yudin says, If he wants to do chalitz and yibim, the king zochalotayv, uh, he's remembered for good. So the Chacham said to Rabbi Yudin, If you're going to say like that, So you are defaming the honor of the king, and we have a rule, as we mentioned, and therefore, if you're saying he could do something wrong by chalitz and yibim, and get spit at, by the Almona, that is a defamation of the honor of the king. 
continues the Gemara in our Mishnah. You cannot marry the Almana or a Grusha. In our Mishnah, it just says Almana. But the Gemara is adding over here the word Grusha as well. From where do we see this? Al Shem, the Pasuk says, when Al Shalom was Ma'anis, he raped David's Pilakshim, his concubines. They became Tsuroys. They were tied up until the day of death. Almanis Chayos. They were live Almanis. In other words, even though David Amalek was alive, but his Pilakshim were as if they were Almanis, widows. Because David did not live with them anymore since they had been desecrated by Avshalom, even though it was not their fault, but David Amal did not live with them. So from here we see you don't marry the Grush of a king because why did David keep them as wives and not live with them? He should have divorced them. The answer is you cannot marry the divorced woman of a king. This is the proof in that possible. Now, Rabbi Yudah Barpazi, B'Shem Rabbi Yechenen, says a different reason why David did not live with them. David told his servants to braid the hair of these palakshim and to give them cosmetics to adorn them, and they looked beautiful. They would bring these palakshim in front of David every day. David said to his Yitzhara, to after David Asuloch, you had desire for something that's prohibited to you. In other words, David married Bathsheba before he knew for sure that Uriah had given a get to Bathsheba. Although ultimately he did, we find that he had given a get. But at the time that David took Bathsheba, he didn't know 100% for sure, and therefore it was considered a thing that was pr- prohibited to him. I am going to cause a desire for something that is permitted. In other words, these palakshim who look beautiful, and David normally would have had a taiva to merit to live with them, he was kaivish as and he did not live with them, not because of Sean was manis them, but because he wanted to show his Yetzirah that he could control his Yetzirah. Rabbanon de Kisrinamen, the Rabbanon of Caesarea said, Asuris Mamishoyu, David was not uh, trying to be Kavish's Yetzirah, or not, do, not living with them because uh, Abshon had been Ma'anis them, which means that basically he would have been muttered to live with them. But... He was usher to them. Why? If the wife of a commoner who was married to a commoner and the commoner died or he divorced her, so the king is not allowed to marry that woman. So, so if you have a vessel, meaning the production of the king, that Absalom, a commoner, used, and he desecrated them, isn't it a kavachamer that certainly the king cannot live with them? If he cannot live with a almana or a grusha of a commoner, he certainly cannot live with his wife or pilegesh who lived with a commoner, and therefore it is usur mamish for him to live with his production. Continues the Gemara, Rav Yudin, Oimer, Naisi, Hamelech, Hamelech. 
the Gemara here is quoting our Mishnah, where we have a machloch between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanakhama says that we are not allowed to marry the almana of a king. As it says, there's no exception. Even another king cannot marry the almana of a king. However, Rabbi Yehuda, I mean, Rabbi Yehuda says, nice Amalek, And where do we see this from? Shematzinu b'david, shenas Amon Shaul. We see by David, he married the Amon of Shaul, shenemar, ve'etno l'cha espeisadinecha. David was told that he would be given the house of his master, which seems to mean Shaul. And the wives of your master, Shol, bechekecha in your bosom. Who does this refer to? Zuritzva, vavigail uvasheva. Now the Bavli and the Korbanaida here as well changes the gears to, to coincide with the Bavli, that it's not Ritzva, vavigail uvasheva, but rather, as we see in the first wide middle line, hachi garstinen, zu meiravu micha veritzva, vahachi perushai. And there's going to be two pshatim in the Korbanaida, and one pshat says that this is part of Rabbi Yehuda's raya against the Rabbanan, and the other pshat says that this is going to be an answer of the Rabbanan to Rabbi Yehuda's raya. So let us begin with the first pshat of the Korbanaida, which has it as a proof of Rabbi Yehuda against the Rabbanan. But again, by changing the girsa from Avigail and Basheva, to Merev Umichal. Vahachi Perusha says the Korbaneda. The house of your master, those are the two daughters of Shaul, which are Merev Umichal, who David married. Then the Pasta continues, the wives of your master, Zu Ritzba, this is Ritzba. Now Ritzba as we're going to see in the next Girsa, the next shot of the Corbinator, was a Pelegish. But since the Novi called the Pelegish here, Nishay Adonecha, and that is Ritzva, so we see that, although she was a Pelegish, but the Novi considered her a wife of Shoal, and yet this wife was going to be given over to David. So that is a riot to Rabbi Yehuda, according to this Girsa, that a king such as David is mutter to marry the wife of another king because we're considering Ritzvah here as Neshe'ad Necho. However, Lishnachrina, there's another shot here based on another girsa. After Lakaim, a We can say that the girsa in Argamor, which is not Meiravumicha like the Bavli, rather it is Avigail Ubashev. And according to this girsa, it also makes sense. However, this is not part of Rabbi Yehuda's proof, but rather it is the Rabbonin who are responding to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda brought a riot from the Pasuk, On that, the Rabbonin answer, no. Says the Korbanaida, before we said that Beis Adonach refers to the two daughters of Shaul, Meirav Umichal, and Nishay Adonach refers to the Pelegish Ritzva. Now we're saying no. Beis Adonach refers to Ritzva, the house of your master. But she's not a wife. 
Shahisa Pilegish, all she was a Pelegish. And concerning a Pelegish, everyone is moited. The Tanakam is also moited to Rebuda that the Pelegish of a king is mutter when she's an Almana to marry another king. So you don't have a raya from Ritzpah because Ritzpah is considered Beis Necho, a Pelegish. She's not called Neshe, according to the Skirsa. Beis Necho, and a Pelegish is mutter as an Almana to another king. Now, who does Neshea Adonecha refer to? Neshea Adonecha lav ashol koi. It's not referring to shol. Elo al novo v'uriah. Shehein hoyu sore Yehuda bimei shol. They were governors of Yehuda in the days of shol. When shol was a melech, they were governors in Yehuda. And novo was married to Avigail. And Uriah was married to Bathsheba. So you're going to get the wives of your master's which are Novel and Uriah, David, and David was subservient when they were the governors, he was subservient to them. So they also are not the wives of Shoal. So Ritzpah is not the wife, she's a Pelegish, which everyone is moide, that a king can marry the Pelegish, uh, the, the Almona of Pelegish of the king. And who does Neshea Adonecha refer to? Your master, not Shaul. It refers to your master, which refers to Novel and Uriah, because David would wind up marrying both Avigal and Basheva, the wives of Novel and Uriah. And now the Korban uh, Eidah makes a connection between the sugi we just learned and the next sugi on Daf Tezvav Aleph, where Novel is boasting that no one is as great as me. And this shows that he had uh, dominance over uh, David because of his position. And that's why it led him to Gaiva to say no one is as great as me. So according to this Girsa, it is a answer of the Rabbanan against the Raya of Rabbi Yehuda, because actually this Pasuk, according to this interpretation, and Girsa is not referring at all to a wife of Shaul. It's either referring to the wives of Novel and Uriah, Nesheyadu or it's referring to Ritzvah, Beisadu and she was a Pulegesh who was mutter to another Melech.